good, the bad, the ugly. Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Sustain. Nutrition. Chewing. The. Fat. Hip. You're getting the, the dog all hyped. Hip. 20. You've got to say Isod. Oh, sorry. Yep. Isod. 20. There you go. I'm not even going to edit that. Do you feel happy about that? I feel mega excited. Right, people, welcome to podcast number 20. <laughs> James, James, James is age fencing. <laughs> and the rest. Um, today it's going to be a little bit back and forth, unusual for our podcast, <laughs> but there is some kind of structure. So we're looking at expectations versus reality versus reality virtual reality um but it's going to be covering lots of different things so kind of weight loss mindset training and all sorts of other bits and bats so that's us lucky you shall we begin yes go how good chocolate alcohol high calorie foods are one of the things that i cheese is life yeah it's it's the it's the oh can I just say it? It's the stupid shit people say about that when they go, oh, bread is life. I love bread. Like, no, you don't. You love your family. You know, you love your friends. You might love a dog. You don't love a wheat-based product. Like, it's just pleasurable. For five minutes. Yeah, and it's that thing of, I absolutely love the whole thing of pleasure versus happiness. Like, sex, drugs, alcohol, food, that is all pleasure. If you have too much of it, it does not get better and better. It does not make you happy. Things that make you happy are often the things that aren't all that pleasurable. And people just expect that adding these things into their life will make them will make their life loads better. You know, we work with people who've had excessive amounts of those things and are paying for us to help them break break the end results of it, which is which is adding fat because they've had too many calories. So the expectation is that these things are really good and they really benefit your life. But the reality is it's a five-minute pleasure that doesn't really add anything. And in lots of instances, it actually takes away from it. It reduces the, the pleasure of your life. It's rare that someone has you know, more pleasurable experiences from food than they do destructive ones. So you know, people say, I love going out for a meal with my family. That's why I struggle. Well, actually, it's probably because... You pick up bits of crap during yeah, the day. And the it's weekend. not going to be that one meal a week, is it? Yeah, people like to think it's this one meal and that there's nothing else they could do. But it's very rarely the case. So that would be my first one would be the expectation of high-calorie food. The reality is it doesn't make your life load better. I agree. I'll go on to an easy one. People's kind of expectations of weight loss so again you know we deal with a lot of people tend to be ladies who have struggled with their weight for years and you know often done lots and lots of different kind of diet attempts you know cabbage soup cambridge lighter life herbal life you know juices all that all that kind of yo-yoing all that crap and have struggled for you know maybe like kind of 15 10 25 years whatever it is 
and then they're getting frustrated because they're expecting to have lost you know like a stone in a week and it's just that reality that this is going to be you know hard it's not going to be completely painless we'll make it as easy as possible and it is going to take time mm. yeah do you want to go into any more of that? yeah go, go, for it, go for it expand Yes, you see the stuff on the Slimming World groups I'm part of and people losing their minds over one, two, three pound losses in a week. Uh, I could count on one hand the number of people and sustain who've lost probably half a pound a week over the course of a year and kept it off. You know, we'll have a few. We've probably had maybe 10 people who've lost two stone over the course of a year and kept it off. But it is not that many. Like, it is hard grind. This is going to take you time. You will have lots of weeks where you don't make progress or you make tiny, tiny bits but that's cool. Like, that's what you're looking to achieve. People just believe mostly in hope that you know there's going to be this switch that goes in their mind and they'll be able to undo 20 years of bad habits and they'll just eat really well, they'll get really thin, it'll be really easy to stay there. Yeah, they'll find this kind of secret plan or secret formula that just solves every single issue that they've ever had. Yeah, and I think I've been a bit guilty of that before in the past of being like, when I found something that works, gone... This is it, I just need to keep doing this. And actually, so say for example with moderating chocolate is that I found there was a period of time where I was doing really well with it. But then there's other times when I could have none. There's other times when moderating it doesn't work. Like you need to have a set of almost five or 10 different options that you can roll through that when one's not working, you can try something else. So if I'm struggling with my food intake more than other times, then I can up my exercise, I can train more often, I can train a bit harder, I can do different training programs, I could maybe cut back on my alcohol. So you've got all these different tweaks that ultimately equal the same thing. But it just back to your point, it just takes yeah, back time. to the point. It takes time. <laughs> like I've been trying to do this for you know I've been trying to eat well for probably the past thirteen years and I've worked in this industry for the past seven and I still go wrong all the time. It's just how it happens. You're not gonna have this straight line fat loss drop and stay there forever. But back to the weight loss. That was it. <laughs> just circled round. Yeah, it's just being realistic about your approach. You know, getting frustrated because you've not lost five pounds each week or you know five kilos a month. It's just ridiculous. You're making what positive, you yeah, positive steps. You know, be happy if you get, lose a pound. A pound's a great amount of weight to lose a week. You know, it's a manageable amount. It's a comfortable amount, and it's a sensible amount. And it's you know, it's kind of what your body can actually do. You know, you. You're talking is it three and a half thousand calories a pound of fat. Well, it's, yeah, 440 grams. So if you think about how heavy a, um, a can of lager is, that's how much fat you've taken off your body. That is an awful lot of fat to take off mm. in a week. You're not going to do that for very many weeks in a row. So just very that, likely. you know, it's, it's the same kind of idea. If you've struggled with your, with your weight and losing weight, then don't expect to be like gold standard dropping five pounds a week. It's a hard one, isn't it? Because... You've got to think, if you've got to a point where you are overweight, let's say to the tune of three stone, you have a set of habits, um, a calorie intake that has caused that to happen. So you are going to struggle to take out that many calories in one go because it's so many weights, so many restrictions, so many things to cut back on. It's not like you're just going to change your milk from full fat to semi-skimmed and it's going to come yeah. off. You know, To get those kind of results, you need massive changes. You've your diet has been a certain way for a number of years that's meant, or probably a number of years, that's meant that you've added on this hypothetical three stone. All of that is going to have to change. And it's so, 
it's sad to see people get all this hope that they're going to just flick this switch it's going to happen because it never happens it just is not how it works and if it does happen they're often the people that bounce back the hardest you know, I'd rather see someone lose slowly because I think often they're the one you know in a, in a realistic fashion rather than cutting everything out and, and struggling like mad so moving on from that I forgot what I was going to say yeah that kind of um reality or expectations of kind of changing your mindset like all of a sudden after three days or a week of you know say like if chocolate is your biggest vice or drinks are your biggest vice the expectations that you've gone without for five days therefore you can feel your mindset changing and now you are cured of you know people love to say they're addicted to sugar whatever that is um but that's kind of cured now it's always going to be there it's always going to be uh, not necessarily a struggle, but it's always going to be a conscious choice to not have these things or to moderate these things. It's not going to become subconscious, is it? You're not going to suddenly go, do I like chocolate or do I I'm do I dislike it? By it? No, you know, these are hardwired connections. Some people have them with alcohol, some people have them with fats, some people have them with sugar, but whatever your vice is, that is probably never going to change. It's very, very unlikely that you're going to go, this thing that I once loved and overconsumed has now become repulsive. Now it might do, but it's pretty unlikely. So you've got to be aware that you're constantly going to have to put effort in because there'll be times when your default settings will kick in. You know, you'll be hungry, you'll have a bad day, you'll be really upset and you will want to go for these things because it does give you pleasure. It's not going to change the way that your brain releases chemicals when you consume a certain food because that is the way the cookie crumbles pretty much. Yeah, so you you know, it's really positive that you've chosen not to you know have these choices that you normally would but then just be aware that you're never going to be like i'm doing air quotes cured i feel like i have to do air quotes if i say i'm going to do air quotes <laughs> but you know kind of you're cured of these habits and behaviors you know you can slowly adjust them but it's going to take time and it's going to take work mm. i think another good one then is the expectations of what your friends and family will say so people will say, I can't do this, I can't do X or Y because people will judge me, people will think I'm boring, it'll offend someone if I don't eat or drink this. And then you say, when has this actually happened in the past then? Yeah, is this just a story? Yeah, has this ever happened? Is this your perception of the event or is this the reality? And 99 times out of 100, it's going to be either a perception or a slightly exaggerated perception. So people may think, oh, that's odd, he's not drinking or she's not drinking. But no one actually cares. What you eat and drink does not impact anyone else. And if it does, and someone gets really genuinely upset that you haven't eaten high-calorie food or high-calorie drink, then you've got to look at why. And it's more often than not, again, because you're making people think about their own behaviours. So if I said to James, would you like one of Morrison's new massive jam donuts and mega nuts, I believe they're called, and he says no, then I'm going to go why internally. You, why are you being so boring? Yeah, why should I therefore there's a reason for this I probably shouldn't eat four of these so if I pressure James into eating one not that it's overly hard to pressure him into eating a mega nut then <laughs> then it justifies my own behaviour then I can go oh you know me and James are enjoying these donuts that's how it is and if James says no it makes me question that so if someone does challenge what you're eating and drinking you may not want to take their opinion to heart but nine times out of ten when you say no thanks or I'll have a G&T over a wine, everyone's going to go, yeah. okay. <laughs> Sweet. But yeah, say if people 
do complain about it, then it's usually a reflection of what they're thinking, what they're feeling, that they have to eat cake to be interesting. No one ever got more interested in eating cake because Joe's eating a lot of cake and he is fucking boring. Dollars dishwater. <laughs> Good on that one. Mm. I would say, kind of slowly, slightly moving on, is the old kind of better than before um, and expecting that to give you results. So, mm. you know, we're all for people making better choices than they would have previously. And that is more of a positive kind of mind frame or mindset change for me than actually possibly getting results. So we quite often get things like, went out for pizza and wine night with my friends. What'd you have? A bottle of wine and a pizza. But normally I'd have had two bottles of wine and two pizzas and all my friends were eating two pizzas and two bottles of wine, but I only stopped at one. And then they get kind of frustrated that they've not got results that week or they've not got the results that they feel they deserve. Now that's, you know, your body's only going to react to the food that you've eaten. So you've still had a bottle of wine and you still had pizza. Well, obviously it's very positive that you didn't have two pizzas and two bottles of wine, but you need to be realistic and realise that your body is not going to go, I had the opportunity to eat two pizzas and have two bottles of wine, therefore I will give the, my body the result. Because if that worked, I would walk past the mega nuts in Morrison's for two hours a day and just shed the pounds. Well, I probably would because walking all the time. <laughs> But that's not happening. I'd lean on the trolley. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a nice idea, isn't it, that that, that is, is how it works. And obviously, if you, can have, if you reduce your calorie intake, then you're likely to lose weight. But the problem is it doesn't always work like that. It's not as cut and dry. So you may end up you know, having a few extras through the week. You may have much larger portions, of, especially with high-calorie nutrient-dense foods like nut butter, you might exercise less. There's loads of different things that could impact that. So whilst it's going to have a positive impact on your yeah, progress, it's, really, really positive. it's not going to guarantee anything. So you see people going, well, I gained weight when I ate healthy and I lost weight when I ate badly. So it just doesn't work. Well, it does. Like, we all know it does. We all know if you eat well and train harder, you will lose weight at some point. If you keep adjusting something, you will make progress. And that's the attitude you need to have rather than having one duff week where you eat a bit better and you don't get results and people kind of throw their teddies out the pram and going, well, it doesn't work, I'm going to stop. Because six months later, the same people coming back going, I'm going to give it another go. Well, you've just wasted six months, unfortunately. You know, you could have just persevered slowly at half a pound a week and you'd be nearly a stone down. You know. You know. Uh, I quite like the expectation versus reality of gym intimidation. Now, I totally get this. Mm. I was a gym member, a new gym member, many moons ago, about half my life ago now, interestingly. And it's, you know, it is intimidating for everyone and anyone, you know, whether you're a young teenage lad or more likely a female listening to this, it's an intimidating environment, but the expectation is much, much worse than the reality. So the expectation is people will look at me if I'm doing wrong, people will laugh at me, people will judge me. People might look at you. That's just the nature of the beast. I would probably, have, you know, I tend to sit in the gym and have my head up and look at people. But the reality is, it's not in the, as bad as you think. People aren't judging you and laughing at you and being horrible about you. Most people are just looking around because they're bored and they'd never recognise you again if they saw you in the street. They wouldn't go, that's the woman who used the leg press really badly. People are too busy being engaged in their own lives with their own shit and their own training to just spend their whole time judging people. And it's just because it's an intimidating new environment. It's just not as bad as you think it's going to be. 
Yeah, odds are eight out of ten of them don't know what the fuck they're doing either. <laughs> so don't worry about it. But yes, it's you just got to take the plunge. You know, you pay your membership exactly the same as everyone else. So therefore, go on and use it. You know, because just like any kind of alien environment, it is intimidating. But you're there for a reason. And fucking life's too short. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Keep... Again, you know, it kind of goes back to what we said about if you're turning down food or drinks from your friends or something, it's almost like a story that you're telling yourself that's not, you know, it's not true because it's not happened. That you think if you go there that people are going to laugh at you, they're going to look at you. Odds are most of the people are going to be so self-absorbed they're going to be staring in the mirror at themselves or on the phones and stuff. I know I am. <laughs> Don't have any mirrors in it. <laughs> so, you know, just go in and just give it a shot and if it, you know, if you want to go in and just do some steady cardio for a couple of weeks and just get used to the environment, build up your confidence, then cool. But just, you know, don't not do it because you're worried about what other people think when you're there. If people, you know, again, same thing, if people try and force you to eat cake, if people are kind of looking at you in the gym and judging you, that's on them, that's not on you. I just got one final point on that. If, so, if you do something wrong in the gym and someone laughs at you and points a finger and makes you feel like shit, then fuck them, that's their problem. Like, yeah. I get absolutely no kicks from seeing someone do something wrong there will be more helpful people than there are nasty people There's more, you're much more likely to have someone come over and go do you mind if I just show you like, would you like some advice here I've seen you do it loads of times with people um, so if someone does and someone's horrible then just brush it off take a deep breath and just crack on because ultimately poor them that, that's you know that they get kicks from doing those sorts of things you should it's just their insecurities isn't it yeah you should be happy that you're not that kind of person and that that ultimately makes you a better person regardless of what the number on the scale says or how much weight you can lift or whatever it may be there's a lot more important things in life and I think being an ugly person on the inside is quite a quite a bad thing to have it's probably not many worse things uh, I guess the next one that follows on nicely with the, with the exercise see on your whiteboard you've got training as well whiteboard the impact of exercise often when people come in they go yeah, there's no training stuff in this first week like because it doesn't matter I could count or what training plan should I follow yeah you people need to get their food on point first and foremost you know, some of our best transformations have been with minimal or no exercise or what I'd even classes you know suboptimal exercise do what you enjoy doing don't expect that that's cha- what you're missing changing up your lifts is going to suddenly cause this absolute cascade of fat loss because it's just not yeah, I just had a, actually a bit of a conversation over email with someone um, who was saying they wanted to sign up, but they had a few questions. They twisted their ankle at Christmas and it hadn't recovered. Um, and I just kind of said, like, we don't force people, you know, we don't come and cattle prod people onto treadmills or into the gym, <laughs> if only. <laughs> we don't have time for that. I just I do it. Ca- I do it to I, myself. <laughs> I, I, I just cattle prod people in Asda, like, I get off just, that, get get to the salad aisle. I would somehow tape the cattle prod to the back of the treadmill and just put it onto 20, 20 kilometers an hour. If you want someone to hold a cattle prod, <laughs> I, I would do that for free, don't worry. Anyway, back to the point. Um, and I said, you know, nutrition is going to be such a driver for your results. You know, it's your habits, behaviours, choices around food that are going to influence whether you've gained or lost weight. It's not going to be whether you've burned, you know, 300 calories three or four times a week. That's going to have the smallest amount of impact on your results if you are not controlling what goes in a labouche. That's the thing I was just thinking then, like from the age of being a teenager, you have a certain amount of energy expenditure don't you you will use you know a minimum of say 3,000 steps a day people do not get 
fat to their teenage and adult years because their activity has gone through the floor. They've, people get overweight because they've overconsumed at some point and that's the, the root issue and that is where you're going to fix your problems as well. Yeah, it's not like you were eating really, really well and having really good habits and really good behaviours and making really good choices, but then you stopped going to your step class three times a week and then all of a sudden jacked on three stone. Yeah. You got any more on exercise? Um, my last one. I think the whole kind of muscle gain thing is another mm. one. I got a few actually on training. Like people expected to gain kind of stones and stones of muscles, particularly ladies. Well, guys as well. I wish. Yeah, I don't want to get too big. I don't want to get too big. No one ever lifted weights for a couple of weeks, pulled back the covers, and were like, oh no. Oh no. I'm jacked. <laughs> Look it's at the veins in my quads. It's so hard to build muscle. And that's when you're training specifically for it and you're eating specifically for it. So if you're eating in a calorie deficit, you know, and you're training, the odds of you jacking on kind of two, three, four kilos of muscle in a couple of months. It's not going to happen. How are you going to build a house with less bricks? Oh, hit me. Tempting. <laughs> Where's my cattle prod gone? Um, I'm sad on it. Then I think the other one is possibly classes. You know, yeah. again, going back to what Joe already said, we're quite happy for people to do the exercise that they enjoy because you're more likely to do them. That's a whole kind of concept behind sustain is if you enjoy your foods that you're eating they're in line with your goals you're going to stick to it if you enjoy the training that you're doing then you're going to do it you know as opposed to us saying right we want you to go in and do five five squats deadlifts and overhead presses and then follow with 10 minutes of hill sprints dreamy i'm going to find a reason not to do that <laughs> i can find you 10 reasons right now <laughs> so, yeah. um so do the good training that you um love but be realistic about you know kind of going and doing pilates payo I think that's the thing. What's the one I'm thinking of? Spin. Oh, body pump. Yeah, body pump and stuff like that. They're okay, but don't expect to get the results that you get from following a good progressive resistance training plan. Yes, 100%. I think it's hard to say that without coming across negative because I think body pump is really good. And in the grand scheme of classes, it's a good place to start. If you're looking to optimize your training though, it's not going to be as good as a deadlift, a barbell, back squat, an overhead press, a bent over row, stuff like that, because you just don't have access to the kit. So whilst you can get good results, you're not going to get the best results. And I think that people sometimes imagine being these like fitness goddesses off doing a practice that these women don't use. You know, people get into awesome shape through following these things or being very very lucky genetically yeah and ultimately if you're listening to, to this then in the nicest way it's probably not the situation you're probably not super lean and athletic through minimal effort so when you see people in awesome shape and they're saying it's because of yoga like no you're in good shape first and now you do yoga that's not the reason that you're lean and strong and athletic just by the good grace of god that you are so you need to look at who you are and kind of where you've come from sometimes to determine where you're going to end up yeah, it's almost like you see your be nasty, sorry. No, yeah, you you see the instructor and the instructor's in great shape. Odds are they do a lot of different training around that. You know, they probably do lift weights as well as do body pump and teach and ten classes a week. Body attack, yeah, do all the other stuff. So again, it you know it might not be optimal. It's still great. You know, it's, I suppose what would be optimal nutrition for fat loss would be having like white fish and asparagus, but you probably don't like that. So you might want to have a carb killer bar, which is still you know. A better choice than a chip butty 
but it might not be optimal. So that's a kind of, I suppose that's the difference between lifting weights would be whitefish and asparagus and body pump would be a cab killer. You're not really going to get anyone to lift weights there, are you? <laughs> Delicious chocolate cookie. Yeah, you can have a carb killer or white fish and asparagus. Oh, stick with my carb killers. I'll have two, in fact. Carry uh, on. The last one for me, then, would be um, expectation reality of the impact of food prep. And I'm just basing this off the number of people I tell to prep their food and plant their food, and people don't. I think people expect it's going to be a massive pain in the arse and take hours away from their life. Um, the reality is if you can find the right way to do it it's pretty quick and it is brutally effective for, for getting people on the straight and narrow and helping them make better decisions because what I tend to see is people if, you, if you've got to decide three meals a day seven days a week it's 21 decisions odds on one or two or ten of those are going to be impacted by lack of energy or your mood and you'll make an off-plan decision if you only have to make one decision which is to cook enough food on a Sunday night that all becomes so much easier. And the expectation is that it's gonna take away from your life. The reality is it gives you more time, it gives you much better results. And if you can get to the point where you cook enjoyable food en masse, then you're gonna have more time, more pleasure from your food, better results. Everything just kind of, for me, stems from, from good food prep. So I would like to see more people doing that. All right, I got one, meal plans. Expectation. I just need a meal plan. Just tell me exactly what to eat and how many. I, you know, I had this conversation with someone on the Facebook page. Like, I'm a really fussy eater. I need to be told exactly what to eat and how much of it. Reality, no, you don't. Whatever you give me, I'm not going to follow. Yeah, you're not going to follow that. You know, if I and you know, going back to your meal prep thing, Fenton is just pulling a sock at the He's going to drag you through the wall. <laughs> you can hear him shuffling his little feet up, moonwalking. Yeah, moonwalking. Um, don't start growling. What's wrong with you? You can't let him win either because then he'll dominate me. I think doing that with him under the microphone is possibly <laughs> the worst thing you could have done. Right. Um, yes, going back to the batch cooking, it's, you know, if you have four meals a day, seven days a week, and they've all got to be individual different meals, how much prep does that involve? That's ridiculous. Well, now he's really going for it. The fact that it doesn't allow you for any meals out, if you forget one of your prepped meals, if you don't prep one of your meals, then what do you eat? You know, you can't go around to your friend's house for Super Bowl Sunday. Is that a thing? Yeah. yeah. You can't have, you know, oh, it's going to be difficult to have family meals unless everyone wants to eat white fish and asparagus. Um, you're not going to be able to go out for a meal out while sticking to your plan. It's just a massive pain in the ass. And then I think the other one is when people are like, I just need recipes. Oh, I, I, sh I shouldn't even comment here because I, I might, I might trigger someone. As much as I would, I would almost like to. Um, I just need to know what to eat. Like you do know what to eat. Yeah, you know that it's because you overconsume and high calorie foods. You don't eat enough protein and veg. There are millions more recipes online. There's probably more recipes on Yumly than you could go through in a lifetime. So it's just a cop out. It's just a nice idea that the only thing you're missing is just a few meal ideas. Well, they're out there. They're there already if you want to go find them. They're all online. Yeah. Um, so I mean, just, just for example, in our, for our members, for our clients, we put a cookbook in every single month that's got kind of 10 to 12 recipes in. So it's easy going to be like 120, 150 recipes that we've given them. And I would probably say I've seen three or four of those recipes come up in Food Diaries. So this is why you have to take it upon yourself to go and find the meals that you like. Because you know what you like and you know what you're going to eat longer term. So the things that I eat, 
James might not eat longer term and vice versa it's going to work across the board for everyone so you have to invest a bit of your own time and don't get me wrong I think that meal plans do work they, well I know they work but you have to be a certain kind of person they work if you stick to them because yeah. there's no deviation it's like counting calories if you stick to your calories you cannot fail it's like following a map isn't it you're, yeah. going, to get, you're going to get there but it relies on you following it and unfortunately it's not as easy as following a map at all because you can stop off for a burger and chips at every single service you get, <laughs> get lost all the time yes yeah I'm good on that I feel like I've, I feel a bit better I feel like kind of cathartic <laughs> God, I've got that off my chest so yeah that's us expectations over realities hope some of that made sense to you if you've got any expectations versus reality examples then let us know be interested to see what we've missed and leave us a review subscribe on iTunes make sure you leave us a review leave us a nice comment or a nasty comment I don't mind did people put their names on the ones that yes didn't I can't look at that because we're caught on my phone yeah don't mind it we'll give it if you listen to this waiting for your shout out you'll be top of the line next week bo 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 brrrr